Welcome everybody to the Dirty Slides Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Prano, coming to you live from Los Angeles, California, and joined, as always, by my co-host, via satellite from his man cave at the Laz Lair, Mr. Andy Laz Lazarus. How's it going, Andy? What it is, Joe? How been a minute. It, how is everything? I know, it has been a minute. How is everything over there at the Laz Lair? I feel like I have... Most up-to-date info since we played some golf yesterday. Yeah. Um, um, but for the people out there, um, uh, it's it's very empty. I'm out. Um, I'm out toenail clippers. I'm out of couch. I'm out um, most of my dishes and plates. Definitely wow. all my forks. A forks once three again. Three forks. Forks once again. Back in the forks. I'm, I'm in forks business again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a great it's a great bit you have about not not knowing where to get forks, never having to buy forks. Um, More video I, games than forks. I have through the years moved in and moved out with many a lady. And the thing that I always find myself the first thing that I always find myself needing immediately upon uh, reentering life as a solo person is a frying pan. I'm always like, I need a, I need a fucking frying pan. I need to make eggs. Yeah. And, some, and for some reason, my frying pan is once again, gone. I always come into these things with a frying pan. Whenever I, <laughs> whenever I join forces with somebody, suddenly there's three or four or five frying pan. Look at us. We got yeah. too many frying pans. We don't know what to, to do with all these frying pans. And then when I, when the separation happens, zero frying pans is how many I get to leave with. So, Luckily, I had some frying pans, but the yeah. cast iron pan is gone. Cast iron pan gone. Yeah, but you know what? I lead the league in spatulas. There you go. I have so many spatulas. <laughs> if you need a spatula, bro, it's spatula city over here. I got, I got, I got a Christmas present of eleven spatulas. My mom was like, "Oh, that was for you and your brother." So, <laughs> but it turned out he already had twelve spatulas anyway. You were supposed to get five each. Yeah. Yeah, but I got I have so many. So if you need you need a spatula, bro. I'm good on spatulas. I'm I'm great yeah. right now. But mm. you know, you never know what twists and turn life will take. But I can tell you, should they ever take that that turn that I know so well, you can catch me at the Ross dress for less, just a couple blocks from you. <laughs> yep. With the guy behind the counter. Oh, Mr. Joe, you need a frying pan again. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I do. Uh, I know where to get one. Faberware, perhaps, or uh, <laughs> um, well, Andy, it's been a while. We are in the thick of we're in of, the thick of it. In the thick of baseball season, but before we get there, it feels like we have to tackle this as our resident DSPN uh, Warriors fan. You're like the yeah. You you're you're for DSPN to the Warriors what Sal Palantonio is to is the to the Jets yeah to the to the East <laughs> the, the Northeast football teams right uh, right we go we go to Andy Laz for this State of the Union um, in Warriors land the move is Jordan Poole 
and draft picks and draft picks and and Ryan Rollins, I believe, and Chris, two draft picks for, for Chris, Chris Paul. Yeah. How do I feel? Um, I feel like, well, I mean, is it as much as I'd like for Jordan Poole? No. Is it the number one thing I think we need? No. I, that was sort of my response. I was like, is the Warriors problem they don't have an aging point guard? Seems like that's, <laughs> seems like that's yeah. the war, Warriors aging think- point guard. Check. If we look at it this in like in real life money and and how it actually works, essentially this is trading Jordan Poole for three more years of Draymond Green, right? That's essentially it. But Chris Paul's contract's got to be pretty large as well. Yeah, but I think it's an expiring contract. I mean, I have one year of of Chris Paul for whatever he is thirty five million dollars. So, but as opposed to four more years of Jordan Poole for $120 million. Right. Well, that can be allocated to three more years of Draymond Green, plus maybe somebody useful. Yeah. I think that's the thought process. In the meantime, you get an adult who can, you know, uh, run the second unit. um, And, you know, maybe he does. We don't need him until December, hopefully, you know. I don't know that it makes us any more of a title contender than we already were. I I think we're right now, as is today, we're kind of right where we were last year, kind of a final eight team, you know? So, um, but I think there's more moves to come besides re-signing Draymond. I don't know what those moves are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's the the state of of basketball right now, especially in the Western Conference. It doesn't seem like the Nuggets will have to do a lot of changing of their roster. They're they're sort all their moves seem to be down the line moves. They're like acquiring draft picks for down the road. I like I think generally everybody on their team of some significance is there at least through this season. And I think they might lose a couple guys. You always lose a couple yeah. guys off a championship team. Yeah. But... They might lose, but nobody let, they can't replace. Like, for example, like, uh, they've got two Browns, right? They can, right. They can yeah. replace uh black Brown with white Brown. Right. When black Brown gets a bag. The, uh, yeah, but they're, they're big sort of four being, you know, Jokic, Murray, Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. is kind of there. It's going to be there. And the, um, the Suns move, I don't think makes them better than the Nuggets. The Warriors move, move, I don't think makes them better than the Nuggets. I think obviously the Lakers are going to get creative as every LeBron James team tends to do because they have, you know, there's a, there's a, the LeBron James window is different from other, you know, great player windows. Like it's, you know, the, the door has been slamming closed for a while now, but he's also LeBron James and he's, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know. I think like the idea of LeBron, not, but I don't, I don't think like them getting, um, sorry to cut you off there. I, I just don't think them getting Kyrie puts them over the top. No, really no, no, I, I don't think so either. And I, and I don't know what sort of big swing that they're going to take, but you, it feels like, every team with LeBron James takes the big swing because if not, 
you know, he's, he's gone. He's gone and he'll go someplace that does want to take a big swing. Um, but as of right now, <laughs> even potential moves from a, a Lakers like team. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I, it feels like everybody in the West is not really leapfrogging, even, even theoretically leapfrogging the nuggets. I know everybody wanted to hand no. this, the sun's, uh, a trip to the finals when they got KD and I was like, this makes them better, but I don't think it makes them better than the nuggets. And I think it makes it better on paper, but like Bradley Beal spends a lot of time hurt as well. And they didn't get any deeper. Right. And they didn't get any better on defense. Right. Right. That's what feels, that's what feels weird about the sun's move. And I think they're, I think every team Every move that's been made so far feels like it's a first step, but like not everybody's next step can get, can be getting like Dame Lillard. You know what I mean? It's like, no, yeah, I I just, I don't know. I'm not really sure what's out there in terms of like the next step. And, and even if it is, it's only going to be one or two of these teams in the West that can make a big swing. I mean, obviously the Celtics went out and got Perzingis. I actually really like that move for them. Um, but I like that move too, but that guy's hurt a lot as well. He's right? hurt a lot, but like they, they got Perzingis and draft picks and they give up Marcus smart. Yeah. It's probably, it's a good, it's, it's a good move, you know? Yeah. And it's not like that team is kind of, you know, that's it for that squad. They've made it as far as they're going to make right. it. They had to make something happen, I think. So you're like, be realistic with me since you are, Mr. Warriors, like, mm-hmm. do you have do you have any sort of title hopes for the rest of this era, or are you just yeah. like, yeah, I think we can get one in. I don't know if we're gonna be like, you know, back to backing anytime. You know, I think if there was a chance for us back to back, it was this year with the had Draymond not punched Jordan Poole, maybe things are a little bit different, but. Maybe not, you know, but I think we could grab one. It is a weird thing in Warriors land, too, that there's this like there's uh, there was what that the punch and and what that meant for Jordan Poole season. And now there's a little bit of like, um, I feel like unsettled uh, animosity in the in the organization in general about like where the leak came from and why did we even see this punch? The, the person that seems to have gotten like sort of cruised through it is Draymond Green, who punched a teammate in the face. Yeah. I think also, I mean, yes, for sure. And we're like, we need, to, we, need to, that, we, but... need to get, we need to get rid of Jordan Poole so we can give Draymond more, more years. And it's like, wow. Well, I mean, if you watch Jordan Poole this year, like I did every single game, you'd know that he was – like there's like not trying on defense and there's trying to help the other team win on defense, which right. was more where Jordan was. Um, and coupled that with um, the egregious turnovers and ball handling and bad shots. And um, he just wasn't helping this team win. And so I think he might lead the league in scoring next year. <laughs> I think he'll be a great fantasy player next year. But he wasn't going to help us win. And as you know, 
whatever you want to say about Draymond's numbers, Draymond helps you win. And you might as well line him up for three for Steph's last three years. Um, because I don't know, short of getting LeBron, like, I'm not sure there's somebody else we get besides like a Giannis or somebody like that. There's somebody else we're going to get in a Draymond Green trade that's going to help us win like Draymond Green. I just right. don't know. Like, even if I somehow we got Joel Embiid, I'm not sure that he helps us win any more than Draymond Green does, you know? So I know that sounds crazy, but like Draymond runs that defense. That's Draymond's defense, you know? And does he play hard every night? Certainly does not. Right. But when he brings it, he brings it. it it's also weird that Draymond's uh, sort of a reverse vet in that like Jason Kidd couldn't shoot the basketball. And then like by the end of his career, he's like third and threes all time. And mm -hmm. he's a great catch and shooter. And Draymond Green, like during your early mini dynasty would hit every open shot and now refuses to shoot the basketball. Yeah. I mean, I think that just kind of happened with KD. Whereas like um, it kind of like getting KD was great, but it, you know, Dre was a developing three-point shooter. And at that point, it was like, well, he decided, why shoot? I've got KD, Steph, and Clay. And so, you know, stop shooting for two years and trying to get it back instead of like going on that ascension. Um, it kind of it kind of screwed him, I think. But I you're uh, right. I mean, like, he doesn't take when he doesn't take open shots, not only three-pointers, but just open shots, it messes our offense up. So he's He's got to take those shots. He needs to take 10 shots a game, no matter yeah. what. I think your I think your uh championship window is closed unless this is unless there's some sort of major move that comes in in swinging all of these guys on the roster to for somebody to pair with Steph. But at the same time, if it really feels like Steph's not going anywhere, like I it feels like Steph is like longtime warrior, but like I don't know. The Warriors are also a very savvy organization. Like there is going to be an end of the road for Steph where he has a value somewhere. That's, that's probably more beneficial to move him, but I don't see you guys doing that ever. No, I don't think so. I mean, like I would agree with you in that, like if this is the team for next year and nothing changes, I do not see us as a championship team just with losing Jordan Poole and adding Chris Paul. But <clears throat> I think something's going to happen. I do not know what it is. Now, uh, just around the block, down the, you know, a couple streets over, you mm -hmm. uh, you come into this season, really, you look at Pessimistic. the... Pessimistic. Yeah, the NL West, I mean, with good reason. The Dodgers yeah. have been dodgering for however long now. The Padres yeah. threw a whole bunch of money into you know, getting like some sort of legitimacy. We, we gave them the legitimacy when we forced them to go back to their Brown uniforms. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they didn't, they didn't nail it. They fucked it up a little bit, you know, the gray and the, the pinstripes and the whatever, but it's there. It's Brown. I don't, it's there. I don't love the pinstripes. I'm with you on that. It's yeah. like, just let go of the Yankee thing, bro. You're not the also Yankees. just like the Brown, the orange, the yellow all together. It worked so good. 
just fucking go for it. Yes, it looked like the old Caldor logo or something like that, but like yeah. it's fine. Um the Arizona Diamondbacks, as I had said in our first episode of the year, I thought would be uh a little frisky, mm-hmm. but I didn't see them leading, leading the, the division. division going into right. July. Um, right. but here you are sitting in second place in the NL West behind yeah. the Diamondbacks, ahead of yeah. the Dodgers, ahead of the Padres in a playoff spot. How Weird. much San Francisco Giants baseball are you watching and how much how do you feel like how how much is this fool's gold and how much do you believe in this team? At like 50-50. On the fool's gold and believe in the team. Like, I think Giants fans right now are getting caught up in the kind of, I won't call it like 2010 nostalgia, but like chemistry, bro. So much chemistry going on. Um, But at the same time, they brought up a lot of young kids and the young kids have been performing, which is cool. Um, The first guy they brought up was Casey Schmidt, who's a kind of, I call him like a, Right now is games like a JV Longo or JV Tulo, I would say, but like okay. a definite Long Beach kind of dude. Right. Um, super arm, um, got some pop, but like chases, chases a lot, doesn't walk Young. a lot. Young. Um, and then um, Joey Bart just couldn't hit, so they sent him down. Then they uh, brought up another kid, Patrick Bailey, who's been playing really well. Um, not the light tower power of Joey Bart, but an all-around better hitter. And then they just brought up Louis Matos, who has been their kind of like number one prospect for a while, Dominican outfielder, which I've been waiting for, uh, you know, forever. We haven't had a we. The Giants haven't had a. You can, you're, um, you, can you can we. With yeah, me. I'm, I'm a we. I'll we I'm it. Fi- I'm a fine. We haven't had an outfielder, a homegrown outfielder, become an all-star since Chile. Chili Davis. Is that true? That's true. Wow. We kind of forget about it because like Bonds was there for so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I don't know if this guy's gonna be all-star, but this guy Chili is a Davis. major league dude right now. Yeah, Chili Davis. Um, and and then we've got our number one kind of pitching prospect. I think he's probably gonna come up pretty soon. His name's Kyle Harrison. But you know, we just had a 10-game winning streak to get us eight games over 500. Right. We were 500 two weeks ago. Yeah. And we were 500 last year. So and, and do Estrada's, I think there's another 10-game winning streak? Excuse Estrada's, me? Estrada's been playing very well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yes. Tyro Estrada has been probably our best player, most consistent player all year. So we've got some – and Lamont Wade's been holding it down at first base. And – you know, Conforto has started to uh, started to rake a little bit. I mean, I think he's leading us home runs. I think he's got twelve. Jock Peterson is a DH, which is where he belongs. Um, I like Jock Peterson. Yeah, he's I, kind I, of I, our like low rent Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, you know, D Leoff DH. Um, I think we need a, a true number one starter. Um, so that if they got that guy and made you know, Logan Webb, a number two, 
um, I think they're a real contender. But for well, now, I'll just of, say 50-50. That's sort of the conversation that I had with Andy Ruther on Dirty Sports this morning to preview our episode and say, mm -hmm. you know, check in with the Dirty Slides because we're at a position right now where a lot of the teams, a lot of the marquee teams in terms of um, spending – uh, especially my Mets, the Padres um, are underachieving, and a, a lot of these teams that didn't spend and have have gone with the youth are overachieving. And now we get to the position in the year in these next couple of months where teams have to decide: are they buyers or are they sellers? Um, with a team that is essentially the complete opposite of my team. Um, mm -hmm. that is getting a lot of contributions from guys who are have just come up or are relatively young in the league, how much do you want to even be a buyer? Or do you just go, hey, let's have a good year. Let's maybe make a playoff run. Let's, uh, you know, get some of these guys, some big game experience, some wild card round experience this isn't the year for us. Or if you look at a team last year, like the Phillies that really had no business being in the world series, you just go, Hey, baseball is crazy. And you take your, you take your swings when you got them. I think I, I come in the ladder because baseball is so crazy, you know? Um, Cause think about it, in 2021, we were in the NLCS or DS something, right? DS maybe. Um, and won 103 games. Yeah. Right. So, a couple of those guys have some some big game experience. I mean, Brandon Crawford has all the big game experience. Right. So we have, but we have some young vets with some playoff experience, right? So I think if they have the opportunity, like I'm pretty sure I read that Aaron Nola had cut off extension talks with the Phillies. So if that's a guy who can be got, I mean, I think you should go for it, depending on how this Kyle Harrison does, you know. Um but I think they need one more frontline starter for sure if they want to be serious about it. And in this opening uh, soiree of the episode that will, will essentially be called uh, Around the Bay, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, cross over to, let's cross over the Bay Bridge to the east side where the, <laughs> the former home of the Golden State Warriors the soon-to-be former home of the Oakland Athletics. Give me your thoughts on what's going on in Athleticsville because um, my thoughts are layered, um, but as a guy who's sort of always, you know, there's not that Yankees-Mets rivalry, you've always mm -hmm. been like a 1A, 1B rooting interests. You have a Ricky Henderson painting on your wall that you commissioned, Um you're you're the Venice gays. You play in A's uniforms. Um, also, right. are you are you worried about the Vegas A's stealing your logo just straight up and do, and using an upside down A's? They logo? can't. I have it trademarked. Do I you? can't wait for them to do it. Yeah, because <laughs> that's big money for me. Yeah, trademarked and copyrighted. So can't wait. Yeah, just I, try I it. Think what I so here's what I have, and I and I feel like I should trademark this immediately, because yeah. in in Vegas I still think the A's the Athletics is a good brand. It it's is a great brand, and they should absolutely 
not ruin it even if they go to vegas like don't don't be the golden knights or whatever like be Mm -hmm. the las vegas athletics Mm -hmm. just add a small l onto the a's hat that that match so you're the late you're the just your la's las Las vegas yeah okay i'm i'm with it that's fine just you know don't turn that a upside down unless you want to get you unless you want to pay laz um yeah, no, it's like a real life major league thing happening right now. Yeah. Like, um, like I love the reverse strike that was going on with the A's fans when they're like, "Fuck you, we're gonna actually buy tickets and watch this game and yell at uh, John Fisher." Great, you know. It did feel. I loved weird. it. it. It did feel weird to me that um, their reverse strike was just being good baseball fans for one night. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll it's show, true. We'll show you. I thought. I thought it was like a week they were in there. It was only one night. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was like. What I'm paying attention. And and it was like right. there's a little bit of it to me. Listen, my thoughts are um, layered, as I said, because, uh, I, and I said this on the Dirty Sports multiple times today because Andy Ruther is obsessed with the uh, submarine crash. But I was like, there's no good billionaires except dead billionaires. You know, like I'm not (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm not rude. Like even when I'm like, hey, go Steve Cohen. I'm not like rooting for him. Like I'm rooting for my team. Like, yeah, none of the owners of any of these franchises have gotten there by, you know, selling fucking things that help the earth. Like it's all, you know, it's all there's no ethical billionaires. Um, so I'm, I'm by no means rooting for the, you know, diabolical owner of the athletics, but at the same time, there's been talk for as long as I can remember in the last decade about revitalizing Oakland and the Oakland waterfront and Oakland's a new Brooklyn and whatever. And I feel like it's just sudden that everybody's like, they never wanted to stay. They want to go to Las Vegas. They've always wanted to go to Las Vegas. It feels like they've always wanted to go to Las Vegas because no one in Oakland wanted to pay for the thing. And they only offered them 400 million and it's a billion dollar ballpark. And if I'm going to spend $600 million of my own money on a ballpark, why don't I do it in a place where, the fucking golden Knights are thriving and the Raiders Mm -hmm. are thriving. Like if I have to shell out money out of my pocket, why don't I pick the location? It seems like if, if Oakland was like, we fucking love the A's and we don't want the A's to leave. They could have done what a lot of cities did and say, Hey, we're going to up the fucking, you know, uh, uh, tourist tax or the airline tax or whatever. And we're going to pay for this ballpark. The A's are ours and they're not going anywhere. I know that they're an ownership team that doesn't spend when it comes to players, but also they've won to, they've never won a world series in this era, but they've won a lot of fucking games. They've won um, a lot of games, not spending money. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think one of the issues that doesn't get talked about a lot is actually the Giants' hand in this because the Giants and have been basically claimed the entire Bay Area as their territory um, and their TV rights territory. 
So when the big TV rights um, contract went out, probably, I don't know, probably 2005 or what, what, whatever it was, um, that's when the A's really started to have their real problems. Because before that, it was a different ownership group. Um, the A's were still like kind of on UHF, you know, but they spent all the money. They had Ricky Henderson, Dave, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Jose Canseco, and they'd pay, pay for Dave Parker and Reggie Jackson and all these guys when, you know, the, the TV money was a little more fair, I guess, or it wasn't as big to where the Giants taking most of the territory didn't make that big a difference. But now I guess it does. Um, and then combined with the fact that the A's decided to go cheap a long, long time ago. And now, I mean, the magic's kind of run out as far as the baseball goes. I mean, they were they were doing great being cheap for 20 years, which is a hell of a run if you really think about it. Um, and then look around the, the, not the, getting the field and all that. Again, my issue is I'm not, I'm by no means defending anything that this guy is doing, but no. when you look around, when you look around baseball and the giants are a great example of it, uh, a new ballpark does a lot. It does. Uh, it gets fans there in the door just for the ballpark. All of a sudden you have this influx of money. All of a sudden Absolutely. you have this influx of excitement. You have a uh, national notoriety because they want to show your new ballpark on TV all the time. I mean, the Giants themselves, like it, it's, it feels like the 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 new ballpark in San Francisco was the beginning of this era for the Giants. Like Certainly, Barry Certainly. Bonds, and then the you know the title teams and all that. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a a lot of Bay Area fans and athletic fans who are like, this guy's a piece of shit, and he never wanted to stay. And this is what Mets fans did with Jacob DeGrom. He's a piece of shit. He never wanted to say. It's like, well, you had plenty of time to negotiate with him before he had an option to go anywhere. And Oakland right. has had plenty of an opportunity not to lose the A's. And then at the last minute, when Vegas is like set a site aside for them, now all of a sudden the that whatever area they like in Oakland. Now they're like, Hey, you know, what about thinking, this? We've been thinking about it. And yeah. how about 400 million? And it's like, well, yeah. oh. I, I already, I'm already down the road with Vegas at this point because you guys didn't fucking want me. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like when you break up with a girl and suddenly, or a guy or whatever, and suddenly your, your ex is doing all these great things and sending all these messages. Hey, you know, you're right. I needed to get in shape. Hey, you were right. I needed a job. Hey, you were right. Like, it's like, dude, it's too late. I'm gone. Yeah. I'm with Vegas. I'm gone. Now. I'm with yeah. Vegas now. How about all yeah. those years we spent together where I was just like begging you to get it together? Like, yeah. there's way too many people who are, uh, who are kind of immediately being like, Oakland's getting fucked. And I'm like, I don't think so, man. And I'm kind of, at this point, I'm kind of like, Rooting for it to go to Vegas because we've been we've been doing this show a couple of years now, and we were talking about that waterfront ballpark and all the things they could do in Oakland. We we're like, that'd be so dope. Yep, but I think really what it, it would have taken then, I, you know, I don't know because I don't really know the financials of these guys because this guy is supposed to own the Gap, you know. 
but maybe he needed a partner like Joe Lacob or Larry Ellison to really build a field, legit field. Because, you know, the guys who built the Giants field, it was the Safeway guy plus, you know, kind of a group of people, you yeah. know. And most of these ownership groups are that ownership groups. Um, it, the A's are kind of like the uh, the Chargers people. Where right. it's or the Lakers people, where it's one family, and, and if they and, wanted to and get the real, is the other thing is I think that there is maybe that you know the I believe the Warriors Arena was fully privately funded, correct? Fully. So fully. That's kind of a weird thing in the Bay Area too, because they're like, why don't you just buy a stadium? And he's like, hey man, uh, there's 30 Major League Baseball teams, and like none of them bought their own fucking state like so just because it happened here for some basketball arena across the way like why should the giants was the no the giants was privately funded as well right okay yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, yeah. like all in all in baseball the majority of them get a ton of you know public money public assistance okay yeah and um it just like again i'm not defending him but it just feels like you guys have plenty of time to fucking work this out and now I'm now I'm now I've I've convinced myself like I'm stoked for the Vegas A's. Yeah, I mean for A's fans though, like if you think about it like this, like they got rid of all their guys, you know, the the Giambi years, they got rid of all the superstars. They made it happen with a bunch of unknowns for a really long time. Those unknowns become great players, they get rid of them. You know, and it's just this constant revolving door of players. And, and you know, Oakland just wants somebody to love, you know, and it's just a revolving door. And then at the end, you know, um, through no fault of their own, I'm just speaking on the, on the fans' behalf, not like the city of Oakland and whoever's in charge of, right. you know, like making those deals. Um, this owner who's got a ton of money, who seemingly doesn't spend any money, and just lives off the TV contracts of the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Angels and the Cubs, whatever, um, says, oh, I'm going to Vegas. You know, well, fuck you, buddy. And so I get it. I get it. And I, I, don't, I don't know. There's, there's some part of me, too, that's like, you lost the Raiders. You didn't have to pay for the new Raiders stadium. They were yeah. playing They were playing in the same fucking dump forever. You lost you the had, Warriors. You lost the Warriors. They gave you nothing but fucking championships and success. Yeah. You didn't put up enough of a fight. I know that they had this go on their eyes, but it was like, Hey, no, the fucking, the, the, the residents of Oakland or Richmond County or whatever, we're giving you this fucking stadium. You're not going to fuck San Francisco. You're Oakland. Yeah. So you let everybody go. And now you're like, Oh, you're going to take, there is one common denominator in this. Yes. And it's the city of Oakland, and you're correct on that. You're correct on that. Because so, it is a, di- a bunch of different owners who have gone through this city and uh, tried to stay. So you're right. Shame on you, it, Oakland. It, it really felt like you're not taking the ace. Yeah. The, the Raiders, they left, and they came back, and they're like – We've been wishy-washy on the Raiders. The Raiders have a lot of L.A. fans and a lot of whatever. And then mm-hmm. Oakland or uh, the Warriors, it's this big tech thing. And there's a whole there's a new Warriors fan. There's the, all the bandwagon fans from the last couple of years. They feel very 
Bay Area. They are the Golden State. They're not Oakland. Oakland's in the name. The Oakland Athletics, man. Yeah. But so now I'm kind of like, it'll be it'll be 200 yards from where the Rio is in Vegas. Like I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm a I'm Vegas fan. I'm an A's <laughs> fan now. Let's go. I went to I went to the Oakland Coliseum one time. It sucked. Yeah, I, I, it's it's bad for football. It's definitely bad for baseball. I will say this: the Oakland Raider parking lot is a a good time. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I loved the uh, Oracle Arena. That was sweet, but you know, it's over now. So uh, yeah, let's, I wonder let's... what that's going to become. If that's going to become Raging Waters. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it's just what they need. Uh, let's take a look around the league um, because I want to talk, like I said before. About, Ellie De La Cruz? Well, let's talk about that, first of all. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, let's start there. Let's start in the NL Central. Uh, right. It's a 11-game win streak for the Cincinnati Reds. They are leading the Central with Every single team in the NL Central, except for the Chicago Cubs that have a losing record and are three and a half back from Cincinnati, has a negative run differential. Wow. Ellie De La Cruz's presence alone. I mean, how many games has he been up? 15 games? And they're on an 11 15 games. Yeah. They've won 10 in a row. 11. Sorry. 11. You're right. Yeah. I mean, this guy is is like O'Neill Cruz, but but on steroids, like roided out O'Neill Cruz. Um, yeah, apparently baseball's just got a bunch of small forwards uh, walking around hitting bombs, running the fastest, throwing the hardest, hitting the ball the furthest with twenty eight inch waists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, there's meanwhile there's somebody out there. Uh, wearing fucking Jordan ones. It's like, yeah, none of these guys could, could could compete with Pee Wee Reese, though. Oh, dude, I ran into one of those guys at the bar the other night. It was just the worst. It was just the worst. Going through the whole like, why doesn't everybody hit the ball the other way? I'm like, you hit a hundred mile an hour cutter the other way, yeah. dipshit. I would. No, you wouldn't. Shut yeah. the fuck up. If you could, you wouldn't be sitting here with Zero me. With me, exactly. Um. <laughs> How about how about them letting uh, Ellie De La Cruz uh, wear Eric Davis's number? That was wild. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's happened before uh, in in Cincinnati. Pro- was, maybe it has. I think uh, uh, maybe Adam Dunn back in the day. Maybe Adam Dunn wore it. Yeah, it is yeah. one of those things. It's kind of like um, there's there's a couple of New York Giants players. And actually, Raider, like, I've, I've always been shocked how many people have worn 81 for the Raiders over the years. I'm like, how is Tim Brown's not fucking? And even if you don't do the retired thing. Yeah. Do like, the, we don't we don't do the that. ring of honor or whatever. Just do yeah. the ring of honor. You don't have to necessarily retire it, but we just don't like give it out to, yeah. you know, every every training camp. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Feel, um, felt weird. Yeah. I, it, I'm okay with it, but maybe because of the 28 inch waist, because it reminds me of Eric Davis. Whereas Adam Dunn, I'm like, what? Why? Why is he 44? He has a size 44 waist. 
You can't yeah. give forty four to that guy. Yeah, there was a while. There was a while there where just like every slugger wore forty four. Yeah, it is a good slugger number. It's a good slugger. Yeah, number. I think Reggie Jackson started forty four. Yeah, as far as the sluggo number was was Aaron forty four as well. I think he was. I think he was. Yeah, I'm gonna take that back. Hammer and Hank was uh, the original forty four. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, the NL Central is wild, but it's you know this is this is really kind of in my opinion this the the conversation right now is so many teams that are sort of shockingly good or shockingly bad, and the way these divisions are, I mean everybody in the uh, AL East has a winning record, no one in the AL Central has a winning record, um, uh, one team. Uh, sorry, one team, two teams. Two teams in the NL Central have a winning record. And, uh, you know, your your Arizona, San Francisco, LA, all right now, I believe, I'm going to double check this, are wildcard teams or are playoff yeah. teams. Arizona's in first, San Francisco and LA are, are wildcard teams. So let's start, since you brought up LA De La Cruz and, and Cincinnati, Andy Ruther put the curse on them and probably... And, uh, Essentially, for them, his playoffs reverse curse. He said they're not uh-huh. making the playoffs. So, congratulations to the congratulations to the Cincinnati Reds winning the division. Congratulations to the 2023 World Series champion, Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> Cincinnati I said Reds. by the time that by the time they make the playoffs, that he guaranteed they wouldn't. He'll have his Chris Sabo glasses on. He'll have his face painted. He'll have, yeah. He'll have gold star box seats behind the dugout. Um, but right now he's still on Bandy Andy. They're not good enough for him to uh, even pay attention to. Um, so when you, when we look at it, it's like the the NL Central. Pittsburgh was off to such a hot start. Oh, I thought I thought I was I thought Pittsburgh was going to do it. I honestly did for a second. But that O'Neill Cruz um, injury that hurts him. That really does. In the midst of. Cincinnati winning 11 in a row. The Pittsburgh Pirates have lost nine in a row and are now in fourth place just ahead of, I mean, four games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals, which every year when we do the preview, we're like, Hey, you never can't count the Cardinals out. Are Are you prepared to count them out right now today? I'm prepared to count them out. But my question is, and this is the question that we're going to do a lot should the Cardinals just be selling? Like, should the Cardinals be selling Arenado? Should the Cardinals be selling Goldschmidt? Like, should these should should down the stretch? Should the Cardinals be sellers, like of their future, and of their like I should say, you know, uh, uh, immediate future, and just go, hey, we're a great organization. These guys have value. The Cincinnati Reds, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Pittsburgh Pirates, like we could be we could be the fucking class of this division again in two years and and do it for two decades if we just sell on some of our stars. I mean I it's just so weird to me that there's and I haven't I've I saw one giant series and not all of it. So I, I can't tell you what ails them exactly. But um it's just it's just hard for me to even though it's 
it's they're 31 and 44. What is that? 13 games under 500. It's weird for me to be like, okay, they're definitely sellers today, June 22nd. It's still six weeks until the trading deadline. But if you're like, but if you're the GM, is this this is the conversation we're having in a month if we're still in last place? Now, if you told me, if I said, if you told me, I will give you Ellie De La Cruz's DNA for um, Arenado and Goldschmidt, I'd be like, let's do it right right now, and I'll make some Ellie clones. <laughs> just do. I'll take that shit to China and make some Ellie clones. Just doing horse Bring them up. trades, like you just yeah. Like, okay, listen. Uh, we have Paul Goldschmidt's teenage daughter. Uh, we'll trade you Goldschmidt if you if Ellie De La Cruz impregnates her, and we have, <laughs> and we have the rights to that baby. To the baby, yeah. But they the, are. What, what's crazy is when you look at the run differential, man. They're 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 the second best team by run differential in the division. The only team with the positive run. The Cardinals are. Yeah the 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 Cubs are twenty six plus. Cardinals are minus 10. Cincinnati's minus 14. They've scored less runs than they've fucking given up. And they're in first place by a game and a half. And they're on an 11-game win streak. Yeah, that's why baseball's so weird. So weird. You'd think this stuff would even out eventually. Um, I'm not ready to kill the Cardinals just yet. Saving that Ellie De La Cruz um, DNA deal. Like, that. I'll break up the Cardinals for that. But it's hard. I, I just can't imagine them sucking this bad all year. But who knows? And they're only, yeah. look, they're only nine games out of first place. That's not really anything still yet. Right. Let's, t- let's shift to your NL West. Right now, the Arizona Diamondbacks are leading division. They're three and a half games up on your San Francisco Giants. They're four games up on the hated Los Angeles Dodgers. They're nine and a half games up on San Diego. I can I'll answer for you. Colorado will finish dead last in this division. They yeah. they potentially will finish with the worst record in baseball. Um, they've got I mean, they're they've got 10 more wins than Oakland and nine more wins than Kansas City. So they those teams have a good head start, but they have they're they're right there with the Washington Nationals for worst record in the national league, Colorado will finish last. What is your prediction on the, how the top four teams in the NL West finish and how many of them make the playoffs? Look, I, I don't think you're getting three playoff teams out of this division. I just don't. Um, I haven't seen the diamondbacks play enough to give you any real take on them this year. Um, the Padres, I think there might be a chemistry issue of the Padres. They might be going through their Draymond Green, Jordan Poole scenario. If you come go back to last year with uh, Machado and Tatis, and you know they're like, look, we're gonna we're gonna put Tatis out in the outfield. You don't have to stand by him anymore. We're bringing in Xander Bogarts, but you know they're still in the same locker room. I can't prove any of this. I'm just purely speculating, but it seems like they're having that kind of season where it's just the vibes aren't right. Tatis is 
the Jordan Poole of Major League Baseball. Like at this point, you you invested in him, but you're better off just getting rid of him. He's got value. Find somebody that wants to take him. You got to throw in a little sweetener to the pot. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's I would crazy. say trade him for Joey Votto, but the the Reds are going to win the World Series. So it's crazy it. because we talk we've talked about Cruz on the Pirates, Dela Cruz on Cincinnati, all these things. The, the, uh, Tatis is the original, right? He's, he's the just he's absolute freak athlete. Shortstop runs like crazy, exciting arm. Yeah, yeah. Dreads, except he's like six three, and the, these other guys are six eight. Yeah, he's like he's like Terminator one. You know, the rest of these guys are the T one thousands and fucking Rise of the Fates or whatever. Dark, I don't know. <laughs> I I actually think that there's a halfway decent shot. I mean, I like your. I I think there's certainly a San Diego chemistry problem, and I like your team less than I like Arizona and LA, but I also like yeah. the crappiness of your squad that maybe even though they don't have, you know, a uh, big time deep postseason potential, like they did a couple of years ago when they won 103 games and lost to the Dodgers. Anyway, um, like if you look around the NL right now, if Atlanta and Miami or Atlanta and whoever make it from the East and just one team makes it from the central, that's three. You, I mean, you're right. You're right. I just think there's there's four more talented teams in the East than there are are than the Giants. Excuse me. Um, and I just and, think the Giants are gonna and, and three more. I think they're maxed out as a yeah. I think they max out as a 91 team this year. Yeah. Unless they make a move at the deadline for some you know, frontline guy. Now do the, I don't know who's going to be available, but do the Dodgers win the NL West? I think so. Arizona two and they're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. San Diego three or the giants finish three. I'm going to say the giants just because I, I think they, the, the chemistry issues uh, with San Diego, I think are going to bite them. And, and the giants are running high on chemistry right now. So we've got that. That's how we've got out on chemistry. We've got the NL West there. We've got this. We, everybody who listened to the dirty sports today knows that the Cincinnati Reds are winning the central. Obviously. Thanks to Andy Ruther. We're going to go over to the, we're going to go over to the AL and leave my absolute fucking nervous breakdown uh, for later. (laughs) For the the end. Okay. Okay. On the Sunday, every (laughs) single team in the American league East has a winning record. Tampa yes. Bay is five games it's up on murdering Baltimore. people. Nine games up on nine and a half games up on the Yankees. Ten and a half games up on Toronto. Twelve and a half games up on Boston. It feels like as as uh, you know, for a last place team, you really couldn't be happier than you than than a Red Sox fan right now who is seemingly building for the future while also competing on a daily basis, at least to win games in a very difficult division. They're over 500. Um, They're probably not better than any team ahead of them. Uh, But with the way this division has become, it's like, yeah, listen, you've had a lot of success recently, 
take your take your lumps this year and uh plan going forward like i if i was a red sox fan i'd be you know disappointed to be in last place but i'd also be like eh, this isn't so bad we can handle it for and one yeah like to be honest team. you're you're right on the blue jays heels right and the blue jays number one starter just got like sent to the minors yeah <laughs> um huh so I think the Blue Jays, unless something turns around for them, might be a little fugazi. I I couldn't even tell you who the, the Orioles' number one starter is right now. All, all I know is they got a ton of hitters, and, and they're I, exciting as fuck. I love Baltimore. Like, I just absolutely yeah. fucking love them. And I've always, like, rooted for them, and like it's it's absolutely great to to see but do they have it enough like can they hold off like a yankee like i don't think they're catching a tam bay but can they like hold off a yankees team kyle gibson Gibson, by the way is probably i would say they're number one he's eight and four he's and he's got the most innings pitch okay so let's say he's their number one and he's been good you know, yeah. I mean, they have they have uh they have two eight game winners so far. Obviously, wins aren't everything, but I mean, guys who have pitched eighty plus, they've got three guys in Gibson, Wells, and Kramer who have pitched eighty plus innings. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. Um, I think they can take. I think they can make the playoffs. I will give them a wild card spot. I think the Yankees will make the playoffs again. Um, I think Toronto and Boston are out. Tampa Bay is probably best team in baseball. So I think the AL East gets three people. It would be great. Um, if we could, it would be great if we could put in uh, multiple. T- it would be great if any team from the. It would be great if the team that missed the first team to miss the playoffs from the East or the West could take the AL Central's position because we've talked about the <laughs> AL Central for, you know. Yeah, can we just as- skip skip the AL Central as a playoff team this year if, like, able- the fourth-best team? We should be able uh, to veto it. The Twins are 38 yeah. and 38, and they're the best team in the division. They're, they're a game up on Cleveland. They're four and a half up on Detroit. They're six games up on the White Sox, and Kansas City is, I don't know, doing whatever. Miz. Yeah. I love that the Kansas City Royals just had decided they were going to have like a weird three-year window, and that was going to include beating the Mets in the World Series, and then just going <laughs> back to like being absolute nothingness, absolute dog shit. Is Travis Kelsey playing for the Royals? <laughs> is that why they're twenty and fifty-four? What's Mahomes? Mahomes is an owner. Yeah, I know. Did he sign Kelsey? <laughs> uh, is he on the mound? I don't know, man. Yeah, it would be great if we could get a uh, Toronto or I don't know Otani in the playoffs, right? Uh, over you know some. Uh, well, well, right now the playoff, team. the playoff teams in the uh, in the American League are Baltimore, New York, and Houston, and Toronto and LA are a half game up, a half game back, and Boston's two and a half back. But like, okay, it would be great. It would be great. As much as I love Houston, and it, it, I'd like, I'd so much rather see 
the angels. I mean, like if obviously if I could if I can move the um if I can move the Yankees out of there, I'll take Houston and uh Toronto or Los Angeles. But it feels yeah. like the, it feels like the Yankees will probably be in there, but I'm hopeful that that won't be the case. Um but they, they, it, it would be it would be great. Otani leads the uh Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim in every statistical category offensively and pitching. <laughs> it's like what LeBron did in the final. <laughs> he's tied for walks with Trout. Otherwise, he's Dude, got that's like, wild. the most hits, the most home runs, the most RBI, the highest slugging, the most wins, the most strikeouts, the most innings pitched, the lowest whip. The, the CRA. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. He leads baseball in war. Yeah. It's oh, you know who the Giants need? Shoei Otani. Put him on the Giants. Let's go. That's who they need to trade for at midseason. So there's a lot. Here's the thing about the, the the Angels. They're a half game out of a wild card spot. Godzilla plays for them. And the majority of the talk is, where are they trading him? Who's going to give him the crazy? Who's going to give them the crazy deal? Right. To, to me, this is, you know, uh, athletics fans can be upset all they want, but you've had time. You've had fucking decades to get to, to come up with a better situation. than we have to shovel off our mound for the Raiders to play on Sunday. Uh, Certainly. Meanwhile, angels fans should be up in arms to have not a gener like to call this guy a generational player would pre would be to presuppose that other generations have had two way players. Yeah. He's not yeah. A generational player. No, no. He's a, what's the next level? Yeah. Like a, a century player. He's a, a history of the sport player. Like, right. Babe Ruth. An eons player. Babe Ruth quit being a pitcher. Yeah, but yeah. Babe, Ruth, Babe Ruth. He was a pitcher before he was the greatest home run hitter. Yeah, and he stopped. Right. So is he's a, like a geological times player? Yeah, yeah. He's like a Jurassic Protozoic period player. He's Godzilla. Yeah. He's not yeah. a dinosaur. He's Godzilla. <laughs> he's Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would be just so angry. Like, obviously, as a Mets fan, there's like tons of like, oh, what the Mets can do with them and the money, and they could pay him with the whatever. And why would he? Aren't the Angels? No, the Angels are not owned by Disney anymore. No, that guy bought them from Disney. No. Um, but the idea that he's going to go anywhere when you're in spitting distance of a playoff spot, and you're you're leading your team and everything is absolutely insane. Yeah. Well, call up your nearest Angel fan and see what they think of it. Yeah. I, you know one? No. <laughs> uh, the the AL West, the Texas Rangers, and I saw this. I knew this was going to happen. Let's go, Bochi. I knew this was going to happen when everybody – so Jacob, the, the big thing with Jacob DeGrom this offseason is he made a quote when he signed with the Rangers. And listen, again, Jacob DeGrom out with the rest of the year with fucking Tommy John. Um, I, I root for the guy. I wish him well. I hope he recovers. I hope he's, I hope he has a great 
rest of his career. But God damn it, if Mets fans didn't want to dunk on him for saying, for essentially doing the live tour thing and not just saying it's about the money, but hey, I really like, you know, what they're putting together champion like they're they're trying to win a championship here and i like that and every match i was like you want to fucking win and you're leaving meanwhile the texas rangers have the third most wins in all of baseball they have the third highest winning percentage. They're five and a half games up on the defending champion, Houston Astros. They're six games up on Godzilla. They're 10 games up on a disappointing Seattle team. And they're 28 and a half games up on Las Vegas, which is what I will be now referring to the A's as forever. Yeah, as, as Las Vegas. I, unlike, the, unlike what I did with the Commanders, Unlike what I did with uh, every team that's moved towns in the last 25 years, I'm getting ahead of this one. Yeah. I'm calling them yep. big. I'm not going to forget to call I'm the not Vegas gonna, A's. I'm not going to do the San Diego. I, I still call the Chargers San Diego. I do too. I'm not going to call I do too. I'm, the, the A's are Vegas. Texas Rangers. Now they won't have DeGrom come playoff time. Healthy, not healthy, fighting through it, doesn't matter. Uh, they look great. And so is Bruce Bochy the best manager of the 21st century? If they, if that he leads the Texas Rangers to a playoff, the, his first year, probably who, well, who's right? in the, who's in the conversation. Who's even in the conversation. Right. I mean, I guess it would be, no, would it be Tory? It's mainly in the nineties, right? Yeah. You know, Madden, like, I mean, Mad, yeah, yeah, that's one. You got yeah. one. Francona. Yeah. I mean, he's probably in this conversation. Tony LaRusso, sorry, you're out. To, to me, it's for sure, Boji. Right. Um, right. And I, I mean, said, besides DeGrom, who else did they sign this this past season? They I mean, had his offseason. Yeah, they had they had a big offseason. I'm 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 uh I'm blanking. They got now. Corey Seeger and uh Marcus Simeon last year, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, and they stunk with those guys. Maybe they were hurt a little bit, but yeah. um, Lowe was on the team last year. They had a bunch of studs on that team last year, and I think they made a, run, a little bit of a run, but not like this. Yeah. Um, but they but they went and they got pitching, right? Like, they have... But I mean, besides DeGrom, who'd they get? Um, they have... Hold on one second. They have a Valdi now. They got a Valdi this offseason. Oh, they got a Valdi. Okay. Okay. That um, makes a difference. They got uh why am I blanking on the other dude? They got Haney. Okay. So like they, you know, they made some they made some moves, but they made some moves offensively the last couple of years. And then they made they made pitching moves this year. And right. You know, and of course they got Bochi. They got Bochi. They got they got a shot. Yep. Yeah. And we have a guy with a hand tattooed of uh, full of roses. <laughs> um we got Zoolander. 
Texas and Houston make it out of the uh, the West. Yeah. Two yeah. teams make it out of the East. Yeah. So wait, there's five teams. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. Um, you know, there's not that big of a difference between the 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 Yankees and the Blue Jays, but like I said, the Yankees have Garrett Cole and uh, the right, Blue now, Jays right now, right now, Baltimore, right now, Baltimore Yankees and Tampa Bay are in, Houston's in, Texas yeah. is in, and whoever wins the AL Central's in. Yeah, really. I, you know, I'm pulling. I'm pulling for LA to to make a run. I'd like to, as much as I'd like. Otani, They're right there. Otani to move to the to a place I'd like to see him move. There's also tons of places I don't want to see him move. And also, I just think it's good for baseball. To like, be like, hey, when you get a fucking guy like that, you make sure you fucking keep him. Um, and we've settled finally on the the NL East. The Braves are good again. They're 48 and 26. They're six and a half games up. I, I never thought for a second the Braves wouldn't be good. The Miami Marlins are frisky. I expected, Very frisky. I expected the Marlins to be frisky. Um, I thought they would cause trouble. The Phillies are 38 and 36. I, I kind of said I don't see the Phillies turning a, a World Series run into some sort of you know, uh, I didn't. I didn't see them following that up with some great big season. I thought they'd be a 500 team, and of course, I thought the Nationals. You, would, I thought the Nationals shitty. would be terrible. So, what, what do you I think did, about the Mets, Joe? What I did not expect is a 34 and 40 Mets team. <laughs> now, I can't say that I was not. I can't say that I'm shocked that the pitching strategy of our starting rotation is going to be guys who are over 40 years old who are or have absolutely no big league pitching experience was I, I, like it wasn't a strategy I loved. Mm -hmm. And I have been critical. Now I know Jacob Grom's out with Tommy John surgery and hindsight's 2020. But I also said the number one ranked free agent was on your team last year and you lost him because you did not want to pay him. And it just seems very, I hate to say it, Mets fans get upset when other Mets fans do this. It seems very Will Pony with more money now. Mm. Um, mm. But, and I'd like to, I'd love your take on this. I am a Buck Showalter fan. I've yes. always been a Buck Showalter fan. I called for, in order, the Mets to hire Bruce Bochy, duh, or, and it was a year before potentially he wanted to come back, to Buck Showalter. Right. But at this point, you fire Buck Showalter. Do you? Yeah. And here's why. Here's why. That's 34 and 40? Yeah. Here's why you okay. fire. Here's why you fire Buck Showalter. Tell me. I, I never believed in this. Okay. But the last few years, the fucking Girardis get fired and the Gabe Kepler's get fired and the whatever. And, these get, and the fucking teams turn around. Like mm -hmm. these mid-season firings of teams that are expected to do well, they fire them. It's worked. How long has 
Buck been with the Mets? Is this is his this third year? Year two. Second year. Yeah. Is year two? He got you the playoffs last year, yes? And or he you won just 101 missed? games. Yeah. Well, I mean, that has been his his history is a great regular season guy. Correct. Right? And then does now in the playoffs. And I said, listen, we'll worry about that. The when playoff. We get there. Yeah. We'll and, worry and, about then, then. And my issue was last year, every team, again, I'm kind of going on what seems to be working lately is the teams who made the moves at the deadline last year, Philly went out and got Robertson. Philly went out and got, you know, uh, the dude from the dude with the beard from the Angels. They Marsh? went out. And, that Marsh? Yeah, Marsh. They yeah, went out and yeah. made moves, and they and they went far. Went the World the, Series. The, the Padres made the the Soto move. They beat the Mets. Yeah. The the Mets kind of stand like the Mets got Vogelbach and fucking Darren Ruff. And we're that like, yeah, hey, man, we really like what we've put together here. We're in first place. Why would we not do this? Because baseball is weird, man. When you have a shot, take it. And you didn't make the move. And now you essentially go back into the next year with the same team. You add Verlander to the Scherzer model of 40-year-olds who other teams have been like, Dude, here's a good rule of thumb. If the Astros give up on a guy, leave him alone. <laughs> now you were very excited about Verlander at the beginning of the season. I was excited. You were very excited, but you were like, "E, he's forty." But you were very excited. Yes. Yeah. I would have been excited too, to be honest. And like, if the Giants could trade for a Verlander, I would be all for it. You can trade for half a season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for half a season, I'd be all for it. I don't think you should give up on Buck yet. You're only six games out. Uh, no, five hundred under five hundred. We're fourteen. Right, right, right. Okay, l- let me look at this. We're seven and a half games behind the Marlins. Yes, but it is early. It's still, it's still, it's still June. Crazy things can happen. The, the Mets but are seven games out of a playoff spot. Beyond Buck Showalter, what are the Mets' problems? The Mets' problems are. That they have, they're they're straddling, doing what Cincy does, and just going like, "Hey, let the kids play," mm-hmm. and hanging on to the guys that they gave a little money to, the Escobars, the Canas, the whatever, and mm-hmm. they're they're just there's no chemistry, there's no personality, there's no fight uh-huh. because uh-huh. you know we have we have. Alvarez, who came up, it just seems like where he's the catcher. Yeah, and he's yeah. been great. But right. like honestly, pitching is has been shit. Yeah. And where's Seth Lugo when you need him? Gone. Gone. Matt's gone. You know all those kind of three and four guys gone, huh? And you've got two old. War and then, horses and, then, and a bunch and then, of young guys. And then Bassett was good last couple years. And we're like, nah, we'd rather stick with Carrasco, who fucking stinks. Mm. This can all be turned around because you do have a lot of talent. I mean, Carrasco has been great before. 
right? Sure. Like these, all these guys have a um, a track and record of really good. The ERA for seven Mets with at least five starts this year. Mm-hmm. Kodai Senga, 3.53. Right. Max Scherzer, 4.04. Joey Lucchese, 4.43. Justin Verlander, 4.5. Tyler McGill, Damn. 5.17. Carlos Carrasco, 6.34. David Peterson, 8.08. That's not good. That's not good. Your pitching has been shit. Pitching's been shit. You lose Diaz in the offseason. And don't Alvarez, right. And Alvarez is your number one catcher. Do you, who's your other catcher? At this point, yeah. So you've got a very young catcher with a bunch of veteran arms uh, who's also expected to hit. That's a problem. You need Pete to Alonso, go get a. Pete Alonso got hurt. Uh huh. Um, you know, Beatty comes up like they've they they had Beatty come up, they had Vientos come up, they sent Vientos back down. Yeah. You might just need a vet catcher to kind of uh hold this thing together. Gary Sanchez it could be- came and went. <laughs> Gary Sanchez uh is a terrible catcher. Yeah. As it turns out, as everybody's finding out. Um you know, maybe like a Francisco Cervelli type. I don't know. I'm just kind of naming veteran catchers who've kind of been around and can uh, help out that pitching staff more than, say, like a rookie phenom hitter catcher can, you know? Yeah. As, unless this kid is Buster Posey or if someone of that kind of ilk, you know, like that's kind of tough to put everything on this young catcher, especially when you have a bunch of like 40-year-old starters. Yeah. Just my thought, you know. But we, but uh, it, it, he's one of the spots in the lineup that actually produces. Right. So, you, so that's a problem, right? So, like, you can't, you can't DH him because you don't have any other catcher. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just speculating. This is pure speculation because I, I haven't watched this team, but I just know, like, if you've got like guys with, you know a lot of notches on the belt thrown to a guy with none. Yeah. That could be a problem sometimes, you know? And then if you're forced to play that guy because he's your only, you know, legitimate catching option, that could be a problem, man. I just really don't like the, the Mets have had a lot of good pitching in the last few years. And I don't, the one thing I don't like is when, you have guys who come to New York and they play pretty well and they like Bassett wasn't great down the stretch last year, but he was great in the two years that he was here. And mm-hmm. Stroman was great when he was in New York. Like or he was above average. He was, you know, a good player. He's a guy that's like, Oh man, we have him and he's here and we pencil him in to a fourth spot in this rotation or a third spot in this rotation. Great. But instead they're like, nah, he doesn't want to be here. And it's like mm. fans fucking spit at him and call him the N word. And then suddenly he's like, well, I mean, if no one yeah, wants me here, no one wants yeah. me here, I guess I'll leave. Um, yeah. it, it seems really kind of like, I don't know. There's just so many teams that, that it felt like the Mets made their pseudo run in 2015. And in those years around them by being like, Oh, we have great young pitching. 
And now all of a sudden we're back in the end of the Johan Santana, end of the Pedro Martinez, end of the Tom Glavin strategy of yeah. pitching. Let's yeah. go get these guys who were once legendary and give them money because of what they did. Have you have you checked in with the Dark Knight? <laughs> Dark Knight available. <laughs> there was already talk when Diaz went down. Oh, bring Dark, bring fucking Harvey into closed. <laughs> yeah, well, Harvey has yeah. first inning problems. <laughs> I say I'm on the full fire buck train, but you're talking me down from talking me out of that down from that left. I, I don't think you fire buck unless he like insists on like not getting a vet catcher. But I, you know, maybe maybe Buck's in there with the with the front office and be like, I need a veteran catcher. I need a veteran catcher. And they're like, No, nah, you got Alvarez. You're good. I don't know. You never know. Um. But I mean, is Scherzer healthy and playing? Yeah, but not well. the thought the thought was like Scherzer, Senga, and Verlander should be able to carry you through at least in a. Well, in that, a playoff and, scenario, and but we're not there like, yet. That's the other thing is like Senga's been good and been bad, which like I, I've never really understood again. And this is something that the Mets have done with uh, players that foreign players before is like you get a guy and you pencil him in. Oh, he's going to be our third starter. It's like if if Senga was our fifth starter and he had a, good and, he, and he had the best ERA on the team. You'd be, yeah. you know, be a different story, but like they go into the off season, they lose the number one free agent and then they give some guy money and they're like, I know he's never pitched in the major leagues before. And I know that baseball is different, but Verlander, Scherzer, Senga. But we spent $50 million just to talk to this guy. Yeah. So he's got to be our number three. Yeah. Yeah. Just for the right to negotiate, you got to give him 50 mil. I, I'm I, I'm sort of uh, yeah I'm sort of over it in terms of like the the talent. There's plenty of talent on the team. I yeah. mean, I can tell you one thing: as 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 frisky as I thought the Marlins would be, the Mets are a more talented team. Mm -hmm. And and what that makes me go is like, well, are we firing the pitching coach then? If we're not firing Buck, <laughs> like, who the fuck are we firing? You might have to fire a pitching coach. You might have to, you know, it should be a, like a warning shot before you, because you, you fire the manager, especially a manager like Buck. You know, it could go one of two ways. You could get a spark for a little bit and then fall apart, or it could just fall apart. You know, especially this early. You know, it's, it's not, it's, I feel like it's not that early though. It's getting late. You're 75 games into the season. Also, you got a lot of guys who've made a lot of money. Yeah. They could be satiated, bro. You know? Uh, we're going like to. Berlander's build... won before. Yeah. Scherzer's won before. Uh, here's my other thing with Verlander and Scherzer. Everybody who listens to the Dirty Sports or Dirty Slides knows I've always hated Max Scherzer. Yeah. And I didn't, I never really thought like he pitched really well to start last year, but he did not pitch well down the stretch and he was hurt last year. The fucking fake attitude doesn't fly when you start losing your fastball a little bit. Now all of a sudden you're a guy 
with a weird fucking attitude problem and don't it touch was 87. me. Yeah. It's like, don't touch me. Well, why? The whole other fucking team's touching you every time you fucking pitch. Your ERA is four and a half. <laughs> don't touch you? I want you to say that to their hitters sometimes. Everybody touches you. Yeah. <laughs> the top six hitters in every lineup touch you a lot. <laughs> don't touch me. And I like Justin Verlander. I've always liked Justin Verlander as a guy, as a pitcher, as Kate Upton's husband, as a dude. Mm-hmm. But both of them, like that, that seems like it might be an issue. Yeah, it just might be like you know, two kind of satiated alphas. You know, so that might be a situation. But We're if it, by July fourth, if you guys are still six games under five hundred, yeah. Then, then somebody can, somebody needs to get fired. We'll be at the temporary Lazlair having a pool party and you'll be on board with Firebuck. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. If they're uh, not going, 500 by July 4th, yeah. We're going to a quick... That's like uh, two weeks, actually. Yeah. We're going to do a quick run through, a quick dirty slide into the mentions, and then we'll yeah. wrap, this, wrap this up. Uh, King Alexander, Alexander J. King 2 replied to the tweet I just put out Mariners fans need to pull over reverse A's and boycott all home games until Jerry DePoto was fired. Let me, is that Jerry DePoto is their GM? Correct. Mm. Here's my thing with the Mariners. And I know Mariners fans are upset. There's been a disappointing start to the season and they're in a very similar position to the Mets right now. I believe they're in fourth and I believe they're their record is remarkably close. But when the Mariners made a run last year and won a playoff series, was it just too much too soon? Like to me, this feels like this feels like next year, the Sacramento Kings are a seven seed at the all-star break. And they're like fire fucking everybody. And you're like, you're the Kings, man. You're the Kings. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like this is probably where the Giants fans were last year, where it was like, we won 103 games. We almost beat the Dodgers. Oh, God, like, fire everybody. I'm like, yeah, but that team, that was a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> Not to say the Mariners were a fluke last year, because I don't think they were as fluky as the 2021 Giants. But I think when Giants. you're young, you're going to have, like, a couple of se- – like, yeah, it, it's almost going to be, like, a stock, like – you're going to have your ups and downs in years. You just need to keep like over the next five years, you need to win, you know, 30% more games than you won in the five years before. Even right. if it's like one year up, one year down, you're also in a fucking tough division. Like that got way tougher by the emergence of the Rangers. Right. You know, basically you were last year's Rangers. Right. It feels if like I know Jerry DePoto has been like not beloved for a long time in Seattle, but also like when the GM, they have some good young players, when the GM is responsible for you being a playoff team and winning a playoff series, even though you're not a team that spends like a shitload of money, that's good. You know, right. it's like it's easy to be a GM of a team where they go, you got an open checkbook, sign whoever you want. I don't know. They, 
it seems it seems a little early, even though he's been there a while. It seems a little early in in this iteration of the Mariners to be like, this ain't working. So I'm gonna tell uh, who's this King Alexander? Yeah, Alexander. Yeah, just King. hang in there, I'm t- t- Alexander King. I'm just hang in there, hang in there till July 4th, and then if if, if you're still uh, the same record as the Mets, if you're not 500, then you know fire somebody. I'd say hang in there until next year's July 4th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no real expectations on the Mariners, really. You know. Right. Except for Alexander the King. I mean, I, that's the thing is a lot of a lot of Mariners fans are that you know there was there they they have some but that's baseball, um, yeah. In general, like everybody goes in going like whatever. Um, this uh, uh, our our old friend uh, Andrew Boggs uh, just put the comment. Um, Chase Utley, ambassador to Europe. It's a really cool story there. Uh, this is the headline. It's a really cool story about Chase Utley's latest adventure as MLB's ambassador to Europe. It took me out of my comfort zone is the quote in the Ken Rosenthal headline. Is this, what, is this, is what this took co- him out of his comfort zone? Being I, in Europe? Yeah. I assume not being in the uh, racist part of America where he can just be a racist <laughs> shithead. Uh, who is more qualified to be an ambassador, Connor Roy or Chase Upley? <laughs> oh, this is this is kind of even Stevens here, right? Slight edge to Connor Roy. Like Chase Utley is where in in uh, merry old foggy London town. Like drinking I mean, a warm beer, talking about baseball over cricket. Like I what? Ass- I assume. What Northern, is his job? I assume Northern Ireland setting off car bombs. Like <laughs> the piece of shit that he is. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Wow, uh, dude. I mean, like, I feel bad for him. He's out of his comfort zone. Can you imagine, yeah. by the way, any European soccer fan? watching like can you imagine if any european soccer game there was a slide tackle that like was, the one like the chase etley one oh i mean sucks, there'd be riots fights in the stands soccer right? hooligans would pull his body apart yeah they just yeah. tear him apart they'd like they just he would just i mean i think he'd be i think he'd be safer in europe than he would be in south america yeah Oh, they kill him and his family in South America for that slide. So, yeah, apparently Chase Utley is in the UK somewhere spreading baseball to the world. What an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> I'm so glad we got this comment. Uh, yeah, that's great. By the way, shout, nice out job, to, Boggs. shout out to Andrew Boggs because it got me nice and fired up for the end of the episode. <laughs> you all know what's coming. Y'all yeah. know it's fucking coming. <laughs> Laz, uh, where can everybody find you? What's going on with the gay season? It sounds like you've been playing games uh, local to me here. Yeah, man. We're in Beverly Hills, the Beverly Hills League. Um, we rolled up a team 21 to 1 last week. Wow. Which is like, you know, these are like 2017 gays results. Um, and Kings, it, in I mean, the dug- I- Kings in the dugout every week. and Kings in the dugout. We need you on the IG, bro. 
I need somebody there on an IG. Are you are you around Sunday? I'm not around Sunday four thirty. I'm not around this Sunday, but I'm around some Sundays coming up. Well, you know what? If any local sliders want to come do the IG for the gays, um, hit us up Sunday at four thirty. Um, it's a paid gig. It's down at uh, Beverly Hills at La Cienega Park um, this Sunday. So um, if you think you're funny, if you think you got the chops, um, you know, you can come hang with the gays and uh, do our IG. And then um, we're at Venice Gays on Instagram, at Andy Lazarus on Instagram and all the things. Great. Yep. Uh, well, I'm at Joe Prano on all the things. We are at Dirty Slides on Twitter. Uh, shoot us a message there, and we will get your um, comments, questions, and concerns next episode. Uh, Andy has been talking to me that we have a uh, a baseball gambling specialist going to make an appearance in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully be next week. So follow all of our social media. Follow our Twitter, especially. I actually have been doing the majority of my time on Twitter these days is via the dirty slides. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay out of all the people I used to follow on at fix your life. So just following the baseball <laughs> on dirty slides, these days. <laughs> follow us over there, uh, tweet at us. We'll have a new episode up soon and, uh, come see some of our comedy shows. Uh, I'm on joeprano.com forward slash shows. I'm probably coming to an area near you real soon and then uh keep your eyes both out. july 21st right yes right agua, agua caliente agua caliente out in palm palm springs or rancho Mar one of them i think it's in the palm yeah. i think it's at the palm springs agua caliente uh i'll be doing Hot. a set last will be opening it's gonna be great we'll play a little golf yeah. over out there oh can't wait are we running a house are we staying how long are we staying we, we forever should we just live there <laughs> It's hot. it's hot in July, but I think a couple days seems right. <laughs> yeah, it seems right. Uh, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, keep your eyes and ears open for another episode uh, coming soon. We'll be back very, very soon. Um, but in the meantime, remember, never forget, no matter what we do on every episode of the show, no matter how far, you know, no matter who gets our attention on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, remember that underneath that always is fuck Chase up. Fuck him! <laughs>